Hello, I'm Mr. Red. Hello, everyone. Sydney St. James with you today for what I think will be a very interesting subject matter and a very fun broadcast. That's right. Today, I'm going to take you back about eight or nine years ago. And I was writing a trilogy known as the Storm Lord Trilogy. I wanted to kind of, uh, oh, wet my appetite and enjoy myself and write a different genre. And I wanted to write a paranormal romance. And that's exactly what this was, or is actually, uh, a great trilogy. But the Storm Lord Trilogy, when I started writing it, was the same time the movie of Twilight was at the, at the theaters. And as a matter of fact, it was the last uh, movie of the Twilight series. And how many, how many have seen that particular last closing movie of that trilogy of Twilight? It absolutely blew you away, didn't it? Oh, it blew me away. I sat there. And I'm not going to give a spoiler alert for anybody that hasn't seen the last of the Twilight. But it was great. I really thought it was great. So, at that time, and this is before I started broadcasting the Sydney St. James show, I wanted to do something special with my last book in this Storm Lord trilogy. I thought the first book was good. And I thought the second book was good, but I wanted to do more. I wanted the ending of this book to be the ending of all endings. So I saw that movie at the theater about Twilight. And when I did, I had my answer. So I came back and I found just the song that I wanted to use for my inspiration in the final battle, the final scene of this trilogy. And that was a song called, I Believe. So I researched that song, and the reason that I remember it so well, are there writers out there that get writer's block, and they escape like in love naturally down to a lakeside somewhere where it's real quiet to write their final book, or to finish a book just in time for the publisher. And me, well, I listened to I Believe. Uh, I think it's by the new kids or new boys. That's what it was. Anyhow, it was so fascinating. It gave me power. It took away all writer's block. And wow, when I wrote that last fight scene, and I give you a little hint. Archangel, Michael, he's over here on the right. Up on the roof of the house on the right was Gabriel. And Gabriel was blowing his horn. And all God's angels came across the mountain. Well, in the meanwhile, Lucifer, the devil, Satan, stood up in this most awesome serpent over here to the left. The big battle was about to begin. And my Lord, the God's angels were outnumbered three to one. But 
they had something on their side. They believed. And I believed. And I wrote that scene and listened to that song and wrote more of that scene and listened to that song until finally the book was complete. And I leaned back in my chair, probably wiping my brow from sweat because it really was that exciting that that song was the inspiration to that last scene in the Storm Lord trilogy. Now, what I'm going to talk to you today about is why I believe. So stay tuned. My story's coming right up. Well, welcome back and welcome to season four, episode two. Is there life after death or I believe? Hello, everyone. And I was talking with my wife today after her Bible studies about Job in the Bible, the 14th chapter and the 14th verse. Job is in the Old Testament, the place where my novel Genesis that I wrote years ago had its beginning. But today, in this particular scripture, we will talk about how it is the oldest book in the world. There's not another known book in this world as old as the book of Job. And yet, Job asks a question that I'm sure many of you listen to today, ask yourselves. Job asked a question that every single philosopher in the world has struggled with. He asked a question that every great thinker struggles with. And he asked the same question as several of my listeners in the 40-some-odd countries in the world have asked me, on one of my last podcasts in season three. The question, if a man dies, shall he live again? We're, we're talking about the problem of life and death, ladies and gentlemen, or death and life. Have you ever thought about it? Really thought about it? Your answer is probably yes, I have. But listen, you've just been to a funeral. For a short while, you're solemn. You're thoughtful. You drive home. And that night, you go and turn down the covers on your bed and hop in and you were thinking about it. One of your thoughts will be, one of these days, they're going to be taking me out to the cemetery. That always happens. It's normal. They'll be saying some kind words over me too. Is that going to be the end? Is it all over? Now the Bible says there's a time to be born and there's a time to die. Being born is a happy, happy event, isn't it? It's a happy time in our lives. And death, 
Well, death is a tragic event, and it's coupled with tears. Let's head over to the fifth chapter in Genesis. There. You see, there's a list there of all those men who've lived to be very, very old. Adam lived to be 930 years old. But Adam, he died. Methuselah lived to be 969 years old. But my friends, he also died. Then the other day, I was reading about a man just outside of Georgetown, Texas, who had lived to be 130 years of age. But guess what? He died. At the end of every life is death. Now, one of my favorite poets, the guy I used to quote from during poetry interpretation when I went to high school, his name was Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. And he expressed it one time when he said, Art is long, and time is fleeting, and our hearts, though stout and brave, still like muffled drums are beating funeral marches to the grave. Ladies and gentlemen, Wherever you live, it makes no difference. While listening to my broadcast today, that's exactly where you and I and all of us are headed. Now let's, let's back up for just a moment to the great question. Are you ready to go and meet God himself? Think about it. Let's go meet God, right? Are you ready? I say this because the Bible says that it's appointed unto man once to die. But after that judgment, there. There is something after death according to the Bible. The Bible teaches from Genesis to Revelations that this life that we're living right now is only a room to prepare us for eternity. Bingo. There is another life. The Old Testament teaches it. The New Testament teaches it. Jesus taught it. The disciples taught it. If a man dies, shall he live again? Now that's the question that Job asked. And that's the question many of you listening today to my broadcast have given me in my previous podcast a resounding yes. Yes, my friends, there is a life after death. Man distinctively believes that there must be something beyond this life. But after all, there's only one authoritative person that can speak on this subject. Who is that, you might ask? It's the only man, the one and only man that came from the grave. He stood up 
and he rose from death, and his name, my dear friends, was Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is alive. He rose from the dead, and that day, that Easter Sunday morning, the first Easter when Mary and Mary Magdalene and Salome went to Jesus Christ's grave expecting to anoint a dead body. They saw an angel sitting there, and they said, Where is Jesus? And the angel's response was that he wasn't there. He had risen. If you think about great news, you have to put those few words up at the top as the greatest news the world has ever heard. He is not here. He has conquered the grave. He is alive. If you turn and really study this part of the Bible, you will see that there is more proof that he rose from the dead than almost any other fact in all of Roman history. Christ is alive. Yet many of his followers and Christians this very day live and act as though he is dead. Christ, he's not dead. He's alive. God's not dead. He's surely alive. He's living Welcome back, everyone, for the rest of my story. The Bible says that a given moment and a given signal, he is coming back to this earth to set up his kingdom. And what a great kingdom it's going to be. A world where there are no longer any tears. There will be no sorrow and there will be no death. There will be one world ruled by one glorious person, and that's Jesus Christ. He has given all of us something to believe. I have a reason for existence. I know where I come from. 
I know why I'm here. And believe it or not, I know where I'm going. Do you, my listeners, know where you're going? There's no way to get around it. Our bodies are going to go to the grave, right? But you, the real you, your personality, your memory, your absolutely everything that makes you who you are inside will live forever and ever. According to the Bible, you will never die. After this happens, you will spend a million years or even a billion years in only one of two places, according to Jesus. Jesus talked a whole lot about heaven, but he talked three or four times more about hell than he ever did about heaven. At the Sermon on the Mount, which I talked about in season two a while back, there were listeners that wrote and said, that they believe in hell. They also said they live by what the Sermon on the Mount talked about. Well, I was preparing my podcast today and must say to those people, they never read the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus talked about it. That brings me to what did Jesus mean by it. Now, Here is what the Bible says. He said, The Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all the things that offend and them which do inequity, and shall cast them into the furnace of fire. And there shall be weeping, and there shall be wailing, and there shall be gnashing of teeth. Now, this was somewhat tricky to understand just what Jesus really meant when he said it. What is that? What did he mean? Well, Jesus is saying that hell was never made for man. He is saying that God will never send anybody to hell. In other words, if man goes to hell, he goes by his own free choice. That's right. Hell was created for the devil and his angels, like seen in my novel that I spoke about at the beginning of this broadcast, the Stormlord Trilogy, a paranormal romance. God never meant for that a man should go to hell. God has done everything to keep you and I out of hell. He even gave his only son who died on a cross to die and keep us out. No matter what you do in life, God loves you. He loves you so much that he gave his son to die for your sins. When Christ died on the cross, you and I don't understand all that happened on that cross that day. How could we? That was thousands of years ago. But we do know one thing, and that is that he took the hell 
and the judgment that you deserve and I deserve and took every bit of it out on that cross. That's why that terrible expression from Jesus Christ's lips, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? So the very meaning of hell is a separation from God and at that terrible moment in time, a great shadow passed between God, the Father, and God, the Son, from the first time since all of eternity began. Christ took the hell that you and I deserve on that cross that day. And when we die as Christians, eternal life doesn't begin there. Eternal life begins the moment you and I believe the moment that we receive Christ. Now, many of you here in Texas or in Australia or India or even Scotland, all over the 40 countries listening to this podcast have been reared in Christian homes or you go to church. You live a decent life and you're sort of living on your parents' religion, but you have never received Christ for yourself. You're not really sure that you're ready to meet God. But the Bible says, prepare to meet thy God. Are you prepared? I can tell you now and here that I'm going to heaven, not because of how good a life my life has been or how good a life I've lived, but rather by what Christ did on that cross that day. We're not going to heaven because we're good. We're not going to heaven because we work hard and make a living for our family. Friends, we're not going to heaven because we pay. We're going to heaven because of what he did on the cross and all we have to do, this is it. All we have to do is believe. God has made it so simple, right? So simple to believe. Even children can believe. Easy so a blind man can believe. Even a deaf man, a dumb man can believe. God has made it so simple that a man of any race can believe. And a man of any nationality of any language can believe. And this is all God says you have to do to get to heaven. And that is to believe.
Well, that does it for me for another great episode from Sydney St. James. Be sure to click on the tab above that says send a voice message and I will get it from you and I'll probably play it back 
on one of my future podcasts. Also, don't forget to click the button follow. I'd love for you to follow my podcast. But it's been fun. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And until next time, here I am, Sydney St. James. Happy listening. <laughs>